Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am your host, Doug Winters. This is episode 37, and I'm thrilled to bring you my conversation with Vicki Dubin, the owner of Victoria Dubin Events. And I don't think there's an element of wedding planning that we didn't touch. So this is really one that you should listen to for sure. Here's me and Vicki. I don't necessarily want to try to overly sell something to a client. I, I need, if it's a design element, I need the designer to sort of evoke the confidence because I don't want to be responsible for if they made a decision and they said, well, you talk me into it. I want them to really hear loud and clear what the idea is and to assess it. That was one of our earlier calls this morning. We're doing a party in May where there's a few design elements that I guess one could sort of call over the top. Mm-hmm. And I, if the client, the client said to me, well, do you think I really need it? I said, I think I want to make that decision with you collectively with the designer. And I want him to really explain to you what it's going to be. And then the three of us are going to decide if you really need it. We would never present an idea to you that we didn't like, and we didn't think you needed because I certainly wouldn't ever have anything of excess at a party. So any idea we're going to give you, we believe in and we would do, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. You have to do it only if you feel comfortable and you believe in the concept, because the last thing I want you to do is walk into your event and say, oh my God, why did I do that? So (laughs) we got everything approved today in our phone call because we also, what I think is really important for my clients to see is the camaraderie that I have with the vendors and sort of our familiarity of how we speak to one another and how we collaborate and how we bounce ideas off of one another. And then when they see that confidence, mm-hmm. they're like, wow, these two are like the dynamic duo. They you yeah. know, they really got this, so I'm going to do what they say. You can tell even the way they, some, yeah, even if you say, hold on, let me get them on the line. and Do it all the time. We have a three-way conversation. We are the and all of a sudden, biggest they, fans of three-way conversations. Yeah, it's like, you know. And I think my clients like that depending upon the hour, 90% of the time, unless my vendors are in a meeting, they're going to pick up the You're call. Pick up the, yeah. So I can I merge calls. I think that they That's like great. that I can get them, you know, I don't want to promise instantaneous resolve of something, yeah. but I don't like to go, my inbox is cleared out at the end of the day. I don't want anything hanging over my head. And that's why I answer the texts on weekends because- I always find that the longer you make a client sit with some kind of upset or nervousness, the worse it's going to oh, yeah. get and it just it escalates and <laughs> yeah. it sort of gets out of hand. You know, the biggest problem we have, we call them on Mondays on the summer because we find that our clients socialize a lot more during the daytime in the summer and we call it the chaise lounge moment that somehow there was somebody <laughs> sitting next to them. In a chaise lounge, whispering in their ear or the beach or wherever they're or they're away with them and they're telling them what they did at their party or what they would have done. And I often have to reassure my clients that I know a lot more about event planning than their friends who've made one or two (laughs) parties and that they do not have to listen. Uh, Often people um, tell clients, oh my God, you didn't do this yet. Your planner didn't do this yet. Your planner didn't do that. I was like, well, maybe they want to start these processes 13, 14, 15 months in advance, but I can promise you with certainty that everybody's going to forget what it is that you wanted to do as they get closer. We have a timeline right. that works where we know that we're going to be present on everybody's minds and we're going to get their immediate attention and we're going to get them to focus and they're not going to forget a detail. But if I start talking to somebody and then all along the way, you change your mind, they're back on some original day, all it does is lead to confusion. So it's not that we're not last minute at all, but we have and a period of time. it's as much work for you. Well, it's recreating the work and, yeah. you know, but it's very difficult and challenging with the clients because they're often like very nervous. Oh my God, I didn't do this yet. I didn't do that yet. And we have to assure them 
you know, that everything's going to get done. And then, of course, all of our vendors are very busy with their events that they're doing yeah. that upcoming weekend. So we have to be sensitive of their time. And, you know, the same way our clients have to be patient with us, we have to be patient with the vendors and ride the vendors at the same time. So it's a really fine balance of sort I'm of- familiar with the experience. Yeah. You know, giving <laughs> them a long leash to satisfy their other clients, but, you know, bringing them in when we need them to do. And if I call them up, it's like, all right, enough is enough. I need the proposal this afternoon. I'm like, done. Right. So, you know, right, it's right. sort of the fine mix with- you know, when we have to start riding on our vendors because our clients are just, you know, getting to a point where they just need answers and they just need things done. So how far out for brides listening to this? I mean, if all the elements of the design, lighting, flowers, music. When we're interviewed by brides, even in the interviewing vetting process, mm -hmm. they don't even want to talk to us about how we are as planners or how we work or anything along those lines. They just want to talk about venues. So the sure. most of the that's calls the you're getting thing. is everybody just wants a venue lesson. So a lot of the brides today, that's their first <laughs> phone call. Lesson. They do. They want to try to pick everybody's brain to a point where they can get as much information because that seems to be like the most immediate thing that people want to do. So that's my frustration is when brides call, I, I just try to so um, badly want to get off the topic of where they're going to get married and just sort of talk about us as planners and finding the right fit because our job is finding the right venue. And at the same right. time, simultaneously, the next thing they hyper-focus on is the band because that's the energy and that's the fun. And, you know, that's what people remember about mm -hmm. the party. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to dance and have fun and be playful with your friends. Right. So we try to do the band at the same time. So those are the first two things. The venue and the band. The venue and the band. Then we'll move to photography. Luckily, we're very long on photographers. Mm -hmm. And there's immense talent out there in the photography world. I mean, you almost can't go wrong. It's more about the dynamic of the personality of the photographer and the bride and groom feeling comfortable and just not being shy and the family and everybody getting along or the photographer not being abrupt with them day of, you know, there's certain personalities. So our job is to sort of take our client's personality and match them up. But at this point with the amount of photographers, I know almost, you know, each of them could you do. Know. They all are good. They're all amazing. They right. all could do. Where a band is a personal preference. There are yeah, certain oh, no kids that want to go body surfing, you know, into <laughs> their crowd with the band. And there are others that want to be reserved and want to do that very beautifully rehearsed first dance. And there are others that just want to be wild and crazy with their friends. So there are certain bands that I pick. And often a lot of the band leaders I work with customize bands for our clients because they really listen. I mean, the same way we really listen, the bands really now will put the right vocalist on the party, people that will cover certain genres of music mm -hmm. that perhaps is important to the family or the father like loves Sinatra and make sure they can cover Sinatra. This kid likes a rock and roll set. The family comes from Latin America. They want to have a little bit of Spanish influence. And so a I have lot three parties coming up that were, that were asking for Spanish music. Yeah. So we incorporated some Spanish music yeah. uh, into our wedding this past summer because my daughter-in-law's family is from Mexico City. Oh, wow. So we had a Latin guitarist that uh, we had playing as the um, guests came from ceremony into the reception. So they heard music as right. they were moving, and it was just sort of our way to a not, nod. Yeah, exactly. A little nod to that. So those are probably the biggest things we take care of first is the venue, the band, then the photography. I don't really like to get into decor for a while. I try oh, okay. to have them go to weddings to get a visual of what they like, and then I – 
I don't do Pinterest. I really don't even understand. I was going to ask works. you about that. I no. don't. Yeah, Monica knows big... how to do it, but I create like um, shared photo albums, and I'll just put my inspiration pictures and start weaving a story for what I believe the client's vision for the party is, and then I take that folder even before I even interview any florist or any designer for the party, and I take maybe a hundred pictures, and I forward them to the clients. And then we sort of talk about each and every one of them and the elements. And, you know, many of them are not photos from my parties. Um, they're just right. things I Ideas. find. Yeah. They could be hotel installations, art galleries, colors used together, yeah. contemporary, traditional, country, European influence. So that's probably my biggest job as a planner. And maybe a lot of planners don't do that. They immediately take the clients to the designers, and let the designers sell the design. I want to make the best use of my designer's time and I want to give them a head start and I want to allow them to be successful in that initial interview process. So the more information I can give them, the more likely it is that they're going to hit the right chord with the clients when they're there and they're going to create a bonding. So mm -hmm. I give them as much information as possible for them to be very successful in their design meeting. That doesn't mean it doesn't work and we have to go to another designer or two, but I don't always interview multiple designers. Usually I'm spot on with the yeah, one designer the that I put on the job. That doesn't mean many designers can't do the same work. Um, and I also like to, as I said before, I like to work with the people I'm comfortable with, but I also have to give other designers and people that I do like that I want to be a part of the parties. I make sure that we at least have a few parties a year from people that I really admire and do work with because you know, we want to have a little bit of a network and a pool so that mm -hmm. if our clients have a little bit more of an eclectic taste than what our relationships that we have um, and worked in the past, maybe they're not the right fit. At least we know immediately. And the only way I'll know that is if I try somebody else. So I kind of have, mm -hmm. uh, even though every florist I work with could do multiple aesthetics, I do think there are certain florists that are better at sort of a modern feel or a, a more traditional feel or that more romantic country twinkly light. And same with like even the lighting companies, which they come into the That's picture. That's what I was going to ask you. Does the florist, does the florist have to work with the lighting person pretty hand in glove or are they completely? So first of all, separate? when we're talking about lighting a party, um, well, a lot of things. You have in-house lighting people at many of the Manhattan venues. So that sort of takes care of that. Right. They're exclusive and yeah. you have you to have work with. Yes. Yeah. And probably most of the wedding venues do have that in place. But we do many type parties. We don't just do weddings. So um, we are able to bring in lighting companies and doing very creative different things in raw spaces and tents and many other things, country clubs, we don't have exclusive relationships. So we'll discuss with the florist the overall design. And then when we talk about lighting companies, we do more than just talk about pin spotting the room or putting a wash on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. We get super involved in the lighting. And it's another element that I get very involved with because it's not just lighting, it's lighting and projection. We really like to treat all visual surfaces. So anything that we're going to bring in, if it's an escort table, we want that perfectly lit. If we're putting a lot of effort into tabletop and a tablescape, we want to make sure that the tables are just lit perfectly. We also don't want our photos to look like a pink party, a blue party, a red party. So we have to work with, because then they don't differentiate itself in all you're looking at. It's very hard at the parties. You know, if you don't have a really good lighting technician on the job, they're just going to throw up lights around the room in one single color. But if you blend colors throughout the room, right. like if you're trying to you know, blue hues are always like everybody's sort of go-to, blue or amber. Weddings are amber, sort of fun <laughs> parties are blue. You yeah. know, we love working with red too. 
So it's very hard to do parties. You know, when I look at our social media feed, often it just screams the color of what the lighting is. But we work really closely with lighting designers to try to have like um, multiple layers of lighting so that you're not overwhelmed with the lighting of a room. Or often we do very little lighting. Like, so at um, our son's wedding this summer, we didn't want anything but at the Palace of Blush because we wanted all the candlelight to be the lighting in the room. And we just wanted it soft and we like a lot of white light. You know, a lot of designers don't always have to flood a room because you could work so hard. I often tell the photographers, take pictures during the day before the lighting comes on because you don't even necessarily appreciate how pretty everything is once you put the lighting in. So it has to be really particularly done Mm -hmm. to be right. So I'll work with the designers, um, the entertainment company, because it's obviously combined with the entertainment. The band wants to be lit a certain way. The dance floor wants to be certain. You want a certain energy. You want the moving lights. So we'll work with all those entities collectively and the venue when they want the lights up, when they want the lights down and some video components. So once we have all like those on elements, the, on the walls, yeah, we example. do video mapping and um, I do What's lots. Video mapping? So video mapping is when you can actually um, put anything from moving imagery on the walls in any kind of decorative manner or perhaps old movies or perhaps sports footage. It's the same as video content. So you know, if we're really... And it literally goes flat, uh, like against a flat white well, wall? Well, you could project you, it against the flat white wall, or you could do a projector. I mean, there's okay. many ways of having it done. I mean, we're doing a disco-themed party in May, and we're bringing everything from Studio 54 and Soul Train and Bee Gees footage and Queen oh, footage. And so we're going to have all of that. And we've hired what's called a video engineer who's creating the video content. Oh, wow. And that's in addition to our lighting companies. And we're also actually projecting it into the floor at this party. So when we're oh, uh, night fever, when night fever's on, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, the screens will have the fever of the fire and the dance floor is going to have it as well. Oh, wow. So, and when we do the soul train, it will be on the floor. And then, you know, our client um, wanted kind of that, typical disco uh, dance floor that you'd see with all the flashing lights. So instead yeah, like of bringing in, uh, in like... the Travolta movie? Yeah, Saturday exactly. Yeah, Saturday Night Fever. And we're going to have some of that Saturday Night Fever. But instead of getting some cheesy dance floor that lights up, which you actually <laughs> yeah. can do, we're actually um, putting a video projector into our dance floor and we're going to be creating visual video content of that light up dance floor, but it's going to be done through video projection. So it's going to be super sophisticated and chic and it's... Um, you know, it's sort of taking, so that was our client's vision of what her party should look like. And then we now are making it the best version it can oh, be of itself. So you, oh, so she'll come up with that vision and then you'll, you and the designer will figure out yeah, how to make I mean, it happen. Or even this past weekend, we had a sports themed mm-hmm. event and we, Shutterstock's an amazing oh resource yeah. for video Incredible. footage. So our client will give us sort of an idea of this particular theme this past weekend. And as I said, Fortunately for us, we don't just do weddings. We do mitzvahs and we do, this was the disco's a birthday party and birthday birds, we yeah. do corporate events. So we get to play in all arenas and mm-hmm. some, and it's nice. So like every, like this past weekend, I went from a 55th birthday party to a bar mitzvah to a 90th birthday that was in three days to a wedding this coming up weekend to another mitzvah next Thursday night. So we to get to- To a fundraiser tonight. To a fundraiser tonight, exactly. <laughs> Although that doesn't have much decor in it. That just yeah. has to run well. But the fun part of the party this past weekend is that it was supposed to be, you know, sports theme, but it was a locker room approach. So we started with 
what would be visual imagery that one would find in a locker crumple? It would be the guys sort of tying um, their cleats or mm-hmm. putting right. on their football gear or putting the helmets or we'd have um, jerseys around the room or the lockers opening and closing. Yeah. And then we um, moved on to what the field would look like. So what the stadium lights were going to look like in the stadium with the lights on, the stadium during the day, the stadium when the crowds come in, crowd scenes. And then we went into actual um, video footage of sports being played, footballs being tossed and the guys running around in a field. And that became, in addition to just fun visual dance content that we could put on, just like moving patterns and images and logos. So that's another huge element of yeah. like what we, what I personally get involved in. So, you know, it's a little that bit of a goes fun. back to the video mapping kind of idea. A well, bit. it's sort of video, it's called video imagery. It's just video another imagery. creative okay. um, element that we do at our parties. So you know, when people talk about the planning industry, we all sort of have our own sort of expertise and things that really get us excited. And probably a, a big part of what I do is sort of the visual stimulation and the visual experience for the client. So that's probably why I'm super versed in those components. Yeah. But getting back to where this whole conversation came from, where does that fit into the the process of the planning process? Right. We don't rush that process. We want that to build because if I hit the client over the head and used all these terminology and gave them all these ideas, if I would so <laughs> overwhelm them yeah. that they would be so nervous. So it's like little baby steps. We introduce a concept. We get them comfortable with a color scheme or sort of a visual in their mind. So we really take our time with each part of the process and this video or this these extra elements, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And often weddings, some weddings do have it and other weddings, you know, budget sensitive, you know, at the time the lighting comes, you know, they just want to have a pretty ceremony and have right. pin lighting and washes on the dance floor. And, you know, we don't overly push if it's not sort of the journey people want to take. But we really take our time within the process. So we don't give that a huge like lead time. We probably, even the last part I was talking about the video lighting component, that's the last thing that we actually deal with. Oh, okay. Um, and then, you know, of course there's all the personal things like on the, on the wedding end that we'll deal with the whole time, the hair, the makeup, the photographer, the timeline of the day, where you're getting the tuxedos, the dresses. So that part of the process is sort of our, what we call our personal service. And that's actually, Monique has got an incredible relationship with all the brides and the bride's moms. And she really does handle, like we vetted out all the people that we like from artists and people that we actually like having on site during the day that they're whole vibe is right for the room and they don't come in like divas and get everybody all worked up. And we like people that, you know, for lack of a better word, are chill and just relaxed and make our bride feel very comfortable and happy. So uh, a good part of the process we do start early is that part of it, because that's really the part that the clients are, have the control over and they want to sort of check it off their list and know that at least if these other elements are floating out there without finality to them, the the flow of their day is understood and they feel good about that component of it. So that we do give a very long lead time on. Right. Yeah. Okay. But probably, um, you know, I always tell the brides, probably start the looking at dresses, you know, just maybe a year out um, because you want to try on lots of different dresses and Sort of see all is, the different is styles. Is that a gigantic? Do you ha, do you end up going with them? We recommend uh, bridal salons mm-hmm. and stylists that work with our brides, but we only go if they ask us to go. We find that 
the more people that go, the more overwhelmed the bride's going to be. So mm. if it's her, just her mom at first, <laughs> right, or their sister or their best friend, or they want to be nice and include the future mother-in-law um, or sister-in-law, we won't go. But if they want us to go or they want to show us dresses and they've narrowed down the search, we're delighted to weigh in on it. But that's such a personal expression of how that yeah. bride pictured themselves or how um, I just had that personal experience this past summer uh, when my daughter-in-law and her mom and her sister went to a bunch of bridal salons and she was so sweet. She was texting me and sending me all the pictures of the dresses and I didn't actually get to see them on her, but I got to experience them. And I just asked, I said, can I come to one of the appointments? Not that she wouldn't have asked me anyway, because she's the most inclusive, fabulous girl. And she would have um, gladly had me come, but she knows how busy I am with work. I said, could I go to one? And we went collectively and uh, we ended up going to Kleinfeld's because I have a relationship um, with their social media person. And she said, come on in. We'll make sure you have the VIB treatment. Oh, nice. And not only for my uh, daughter-in-law, but she's offered that to all of our brides. But it was a really fun experience that day. And like people might say, oh, my God, it didn't feel like a private experience when you're in the salon and all these brides are coming in with their whole immediate entourage of family members. And <laughs> one by one, they're like, we said yes to the dress. And it like almost feels like goofy and that you're on like a reality TV show. Yeah, but yeah. it actually was so nice because it really like it's so exciting to see other brides sort of make that decision and to see really what they chose. And um, Kleinfeld's was kind enough. And the experience we ultimately had was very private and you know, we wanted that first one in the big room with everybody. And then subsequently she oh, actually- so, oh, so you're, so there'll be maybe seven or eight brides. Uh, in that particular same. salon, I yeah. mean, you know, all the salons have multiple people come in at once. Right. Um, but because it's such a large salon, they do have this one big open area where everybody's sort of trying on these dresses together. And it was really cute. It's, it is actually out of like a reality TV show, but we were really getting into it and you start clapping and oh, cheering oh, and yeah. say, and walking oh, over and saying, well, oh, let me was, see the dress on you. So, great on you. so, and then we were all like sort of, of giving our little comments, but ultimately the experience got very personal. And sure. when I did go with my daughter-in-law to look at the dress, what was the really fun part of it is that she was trying on a certain type of dress when she went shopping all along with her mom. But being that I get to see so many brides in their gowns, I have like a little bit more of a vision of looking at a bride and sort of knowing what they could look like in a different type dress. So I said to her, would you be open to trying on another type silhouette? And I said, you know, maybe something A-line that just isn't as straight. You mean and the style of the, the dress. The style of the dress. Okay. And so I came in and I sort of, you know, let them have their meeting and I didn't want to be overly involved and overstep any boundaries. But after she tried on a similar style dress for quite a while, I said, just for kicks, would you try on another dress? Because we're here and let's just have fun. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. nothing else to do today. Let's try on. <laughs> and the stylist- uh, Are they at least giving you the champagne or anything? <laughs> I think they offered it. I, oh, okay. we're, we're the last of the drinkers. But oh, okay. anyway, um, the particular stylist we were working with, uh, I went over to him. I said, could I go in the back and look at some dresses with you? And he said, sure, come on back. And I went and I picked out like three or four dresses. I said, don't say they were my picks. I was like, but right, say right, that right, you right, have. Right. So we brought out these other styles and uh, she tried one on and it was so different. And we all like fell like madly in love with that. And then she fell madly in love with it. And then we sort of went two or three more times until the time that she said yes to the dress. They really have to say yes to the dress. Well, they don't really have to, but like we did it because of the, I got into the spirit of it. And of course I wanted to like film the whole thing. And we had like their lead stylist. Um, they made it such a pleasurable experience. Uh, I've got my dress there when I was younger. Oh, yeah. So it was like really nice to see that, but all the salons are amazing. And you could have this very couture fancy, you know, experience it 
any of the shops. And then, um, you know, it's really the bridal shops. What's so nice is that they each have their own way of the process of the fittings and sort of working with the girls to make sure the dress is right. So I couldn't say enough positive things about it. They, in fact, they even came to the wedding and covered sort of her getting dressed in, you know, various moments at the wedding because they got to know her and they thought it would be fun and they shared it with their social media followers. And they got such a tremendous response that they said, bring in other brides. We'd love to do this again with some other brides. So that's like a really fun part, but obviously I'm talking about my own personal experience there as a planner. I'm not necessarily as intimately involved, but we take such an interest because we want their bouquet to look beautiful. We want to sort of help them pick the colors of the bridesmaids dresses that we often Mm -hmm. get involved in because that's a visual in our room. And then, you know, because I'm so fussy, I like to make sure that, (laughs) you know, if we're doing this soft blush party, they're not coming in with like cranberry dresses or these heavy purple dresses. Of course, like black is always a, a good bed. And so you have to know what people, what blends. <laughs> well, just for like the initial photos in the room, I always say to everybody, they're like, I'm not sure if that's the exact palette of what I want the party to look like. I said, don't forget your guests are going to be coming and they're going to be dressed in all different colors. I was right. like in that's all different styles. Point. And yeah. once they're in the room, the whole vision of the room is not going to be one palette anyway. So don't kind of get obsessed if like something is like a slight shade off, I said, because it's not going to ultimately make any difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, your pictures and your sort of walk-in look, I mean, I'll tell you, if you right. asked me what the most favorite part of the planning process is, and I know for a fact that I will say with certainty, my biggest um, pride moment is when we take the bride and their families or the mitzvah child and their families or the guest of honor into a room and we are in there and our designers are in sort of finishing touches in the room and photographers in the room, we get them to sort of see where they're going to be experiencing their wedding for the first time and their awe and their excitement. It is just the most exhilarating feeling and probably the oh, reason why the minute I'm done with one party, I was like, okay, how are we replacing it with the next one? And it keeps us so motivated to sort of work in this field that we work in that's so incredibly demanding and time-consuming and we all give up so much of our lives to do it, just that reward of seeing the difference that you make in somebody's life and that you were instrumental in making their dreams become a reality is really very special. And I said, I don't know, look, there's doctors and there's all sorts of professionals out there that, you know, have (laughs) life-altering professional ways in which they, you know, interior designers, yeah, people, (laughs) medicine, interior designers create homes, travel agents gets to give people experiences of a lifetime. But we get, you know, we get our moment as well to sort of really make a difference in people's lives. And for me, that acknowledgement is more important than how many likes I get on social media or, you know. Yeah. anything along those lines. And we share a lot. I'm also, um, I'm not overly invested in this sort of privacy within my business. I'm an oversharer. I love people to see what we do. Copy me, go ahead, do the same thing, do your own version of it. I right. don't, it's not going to be the exact I same. I don't, thing. it's never not. And plus I don't do anything really twice anyway. So I don't care. You want to do your own version of it afterwards, you yeah. know, go for it. But I, um, I think that we're lucky enough in this industry that we all have different personalities as planners we bring. So we're all going to click with different people. That doesn't mean some of us can be interviewed for a job and they'd have an amazing event with any one of us. But there's enough camaraderie within the industry that we also appreciate what we do, that we have so much respect for one another. And mm-hmm. there's really not I've this- I've noticed that. Yeah. 
It's not really a competitive spirit. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. There are some people that just don't want to lose an event no matter what, or, you know, I don't blame them. It's their careers, you know, they're, you know, it's a livelihood and I'm fortunate. I've already raised my kids and I've educated them and they're well on their way. So, you know, it's not the pressure, but when I, I'm having lunch in the next two weeks with, um, a few lunches with all the young new planners, I want to get to know them. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get to know the new breed and, what what's going to be in the marketplace and see their enthusiasm. And, you know, I might be in a point down the road where I'm going to refer out some business to people and I can't take everything. My events are larger in scale, but our phone rings a lot. And I would love to sort of give an appropriate fit to somebody else. I don't view it at my expense. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm happy. I mean, is there an organization that you're doing this with? Or, or you know just, what? I'm I'm kind of own, doing this on my foundation. own. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not a foundation because they're going to work very hard to yeah, prove yeah. themselves and do a good job for people. But I do really think that instead of just hanging up a phone and saying I'm not the right planner for you, why not? Yeah. Help the person out and help out somebody who's starting in the business and trying to get themselves established. And absolutely, uh, I you know maybe as I continue in my career and I hope to do this for another twenty years. And if I said earlier, and if I could get my two girls to even consider doing this, I'll stick around a little bit longer. But you know, when in fact that I'm really scaling, you know, to a point where I'm just doing a handful of events and giving them all my. By the way, handfuls is a big lie. I said because I do I like no twenty thing. to thirty yeah, events a year. Exactly. But putting that aside, but there is a way of collaborations. I did an event last year. I, I went to one of these fam trips at a property upstate New York. Uh, what's a fam trip? A fam. It's like they invite um, people in the industry to come together. That's how we all get to know one another. We either oh, get invited as an organization. Yeah, like Not- family or you know, familiar. Oh, okay. You know, they invite you to come on these trips and. So we went to go see Troutback, which is um, a little estate property, like same as Blackberry Farms. And we went- uh, Is that like Rhinebeck? It's up there. I don't, Somewhere. I don't know. I put in navigation. Somewhere north. <laughs> All I know is you have to pray that navigation works because if navigation doesn't work, I could end up in Missouri because I pay no attention to where I'm driving. I only make right, right. and lefts accordingly. Exactly. I ended up in Brooklyn the other day because I was on the phone with one of my designers <laughs> and I got so focused on what I was talking about that I missed the exit to the FDR drive and I ended up having to go into Brooklyn to get back into the city. So oh, when fun. I'm driving, I have to like definitely like pay attention. Um to what I'm hearing. But I met this younger girl that happened to have an expertise in the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. And I was hired to do at Cedar Lake. It's a fabulous venue um, in Port Jervis, New York. It's these um, very accomplished um, sisters that family owned the property for years. And they used the property for one of their own personal weddings and ultimately decided one had a catering background, one um, had another background, and they went into business together and they just put together an amazing wedding venue and they're booked all the time. But one of our brides really liked it and we- now, uh, How far is Port, Port Jersey? It was like uh, from here, about an hour. It was it's hour. easy. Just, and it was easy for people and it's a car right away. But right. Uh, what was nice for me is when I went on that trip, I met this girl and she said, oh, I work there all the time and I know the venue well. Well, ah, these nice. clients wanted to work with me. I've done, you know, right. all their family events. I've probably done a dozen family events for their whole family over the years and I was going to be the planner, but I had to put together a team anyway. So I called her. I said, would you like to work with us and collaborate on this event? And you could be part of helping us to get to know the venue better since you know it well, rather yeah. than us just she's, bringing in she's people. She's also hands-on if she probably lives up there. So she came in and they ran the daytime program for us and that because the kids had activities all day long. And then she stayed through the um, 
guests coming into the ballroom. And then our staff took over because at that point we were running an event like we run every event. But that expertise was super helpful. She was a doll. I wouldn't even think twice about um, referring a Hudson Valley wedding that perhaps I can't do or perhaps I'm not right. I'm not the right person for that event because mm-hmm. of, you know, my lack of familiarity, let's say, with every single venue. I'd either collaborate with her or bring her in or give it to her. So these are the kind of relationships that I've really been working on building for the past few years. And I'm very big into collaboration. I have no problem having other planners be a part of our events if I think they're added value. And I tell my clients that. Yeah. I was like, you know, and I, I don't care if they come. I mean, you know, I probably won't have them post pictures. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But other yeah. than that, they're I'm- still working under your umbrella. They're working under our umbrella and I get the best of the talent that's out there. Yeah. And, and they're happy to be part of it because our parties are pretty exciting. We really do some fun things and- like to be a part of them. I would love to do this again and talk about budget. With the ring, the dress, the entertainment, the lighting, like like if you have a budget, say, okay, we have a half million dollars, how are we going to split it up? Well, we could either do it it another time or I could just sort of tell you a little bit about how we handle budgets. I mean, first of all, we work off Excel. So everything gets programmed categorically into an Excel spreadsheet. And we have every single category down to minutia, like ladies' room amenities and guest towels and cocktail napkins in our budget. So our clients sort of can see the realm of how monies can be spent from the big ticket items down to the smaller. And we give, so our our left column is our average spend on our weddings within a range and leaving probably the lower end out of our average when we give it to people and leaving out the high end of it. Mm -hmm. Because we always tell people it's, um, there are certain categories that can make an event escalate in cost from one venue to another. So as we know each item, we fill in the Excel, we constantly keep, I'm a huge budget keeper. I will not get into like back and forth with the clients on budget. I want them to feel comfortable with their budget. I'm not pushing them to spend more than they want to do. And I want them to spend their money wisely. So we do spend a lot of time on budget. I don't say we have an average wedding cost because every wedding is different. I mean, probably in New York City, you know, we have have an average range of where we see the weddings and it's mostly dictated by the venue because the food and beverage sure. is certainly the biggest. And the component. plus plus, which people don't necessarily know about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I think wedding about. people get pretty, uh, the plus pluses, whether yeah, they like it or not. It. And yeah. sort of some of these ancillary costs, I think they get educated pretty quickly yeah. on what those are. But we try to work off a master budget. And as we go along, if there's certain categories that exceed um what our projection would be. We talk about it with our clients and we say either the budget's going to escalate or we'll cut back on some other areas that maybe Mm. aren't as important to you. Right. And, you know, we try to arrive at a place where they're comfortable. And at some point, like once we know our clients are really hit their target budget, we'll stop giving them ideas that would cost them more money because A, I don't want to frustrate them to make them ever feel like their event isn't going to be as fabulous as it could be. So, you know, of course you want to expose them. It's our job to expose them to everything that's out there and to try to explain every fabulous option. But you also don't want to make people self-conscious or insecure. If you know that it's it's way past what they wanted to spend. There's nothing good that's going to come out of it. You know, often when we're interviewing people sort of ask us how mindful we are of budget. And I always say to my client, I was like, well, your party is really important. The best part of your party, if you're happy and you think I, you know, came in within budget and gave you your dream event, you're going to recommend us to other people. Yeah. 
And the only way you're going to recommend us if, if the experience you had was pleasurable and work with your sensibility and came in within budget and made everybody happy. So we really get into, I mean, budget is a huge sensitivity in life. You know, it's so hard oh, of course. for, and you know what parents have to wrestle with? The kids today, you know, the job market is such that all these kids, I mean, the young brides and grooms, a lot of them, their jobs are quite precarious. At any given moment, they could be sort of the employee and um, of the week or the month of the year. And then all of a sudden there are cutbacks or somebody's buying a and company or there's overlapping of jobs or, yeah. um, you know, duplicates of things that are happening and they lose their jobs. And parents you know, the monies they spend on their weddings, if, if the parents are paying and not the bride and groom themselves, you know, could be monies they could give to kids for a home later on oh, to start true. or yeah, for yeah, other yeah, important yeah. Com components of the life. So while we're all in the business of selling fabulous weddings, there has to be some sensibility to the fact that life goes on after a wedding. That and six hours. Yeah. So we cannot <laughs> sort of make our clients ever feel like, you know, their parties are anything other than spectacular in every way within the budget that they wanted to spend, because it's not for us to determine what that budget is. It's for us to work within the parameters of a realistic budget. There's certainly many funkles we get, which goes back to maybe I can refer some of those out where their budget is not commensurate with what I think it's going to take to make an event. And we'll politely just sort of back out and just sort of say we're not the right people for it rather than take that initial call and sort of educate people and make them feel badly about their budget. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You know, yeah. we would oh, just yeah. probably. So, you know, it is sort of the topic that a lot of people, you know, it's the first topic you talk about. But if you say to a client, what's your budget? A lot of times that antagonizes clients because they yeah. don't really know what something should cost. And I've had many clients say that to me that they don't want to be asked what their budget is. That's why I love that idea, what you said about the spreadsheet. You, you give them a basic idea, you know, the, the, the middle and the high end right. of, of what it's basically going to cost. Right. Give them an idea. And then they say, oh, well, we can go beyond that. You know, what do we do to make it? Yeah, you know, it's only you know, several categories that's going to make <laughs> it, you know. So you can overly design a room and you could put way more um, – entertainment into a room. You could upgrade wines and serve yeah. caviar and, yeah. you know, so bring in champagnes. all sorts of specialty, um, you know, dishes or celebrity chefs. I mean, there's ways that you can make every component of the process cost more money by adding, you know, these extra special elements, but they're not necessary. You're going to still have the most fabulous time with or without them. Um, but we, it's our job to educate and to make our clients aware, and then it's their decision, and then it's for us to implement it. But the Excel works really. My background, you know, is in finance. I didn't come up in any ah, of the conversation, but yeah, I was trained I was at gonna, I was Merrill Lynch, and I worked at Bear Stearns. So I get um, out. So that's what I did in my prior single life. Can I tell you something interesting? Yeah. Where, um, you know Dewan Stroud, of course. Yeah, Dewan, right? and he was in finance too. He and I oh, are okay. really, really, really good friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's oh, that's such a sweet one of my guy. more favorite people. Yeah, I, I And he him. has such a way with clients, it's unbelievable. What a great speaking voice too. Yeah. So he's very calming and he shows really amazing. He is very calming. Yeah. So yeah, he has a background and we both have that background and we both have actually a similar design sensibility. It's very cool to have because most people don't, a lot of artists don't think in terms of. Men um, who work in finance, which a ton of my clients, we live in New York City. So a mm. big part of the yeah. event community is dictated by the financial world. But a lot of my um, 
clients are in finance, and when they know I have a finance background, it really gives me- Oh, so you could talk on the same. You know what? They really don't start with me that much on budget. They really know I've got their back. Gives you credibility. I think, well, the credibility, and I'm super honest and direct with my clients, and you know, I'm not shy at all. So (laughs) I'm reserved. So there's a difference between being reserved and shy, but- If I really want to say something, I find the best way to deliver it. And often like what people say they like the best about the way I work is that I am super direct. And I'll say to somebody, if this is like stressing you out and you don't want to spend the money and I don't care if you could do it 10 times over again every single week, if you don't want to do it, let's just not do it. Yeah. And, or if you do want to do it, let's just do it and move on and not talk about it every day. So, (laughs) you know, it's really the truth. And I have a lot of, um, does, you know, people who work with me, a lot of our vendors, they're like, I can't believe the way you speak to the clients. I was like, that's what their expectations are of me is to be direct. They're using me. I'm the leader of the ship here. So right. I have to be as direct as possible. And they like that and they laugh. Like we, we laugh with all of our clients, you know, all the time. Well, that's, that's great because people, you know, you can't forget that it's a party. Oh my God, there's nobody who It's the most expensive party you'll ever throw, but it's still a party. I I say that to every bride. But then I also say to people, and this is not like a sales pitch, there's two things you could say to somebody. How many times in your life can you get together everybody that you've known from various walks of life and be in a room together with them to celebrate? Maybe you're lucky you have it once, twice, three times. And then my other thing I say, which probably, I, I don't know how far this goes, but I really believe it because I'm there the day this happens. But if you see the amount of people that come to put together these events, the people on the ladders, the people up in the sky doing the lighting, the florists that are coming in, all the floral team that work so hard. I, I work with Ed Libby on an event, his company, um, which we work with quite often this past weekend. I know every florist there and I know their children and I know oh, when no they care. work hard oh, at a party, I know what that money's doing for them when they go home at night and the things that they can do with their children's and families and help out. I mean, you have hundreds of people that the money that you're spending on at a wedding, you know, all the various vendors and all the people that are coming, you know, they, they take that money and they they use it very earnestly yeah. and you're helping educate people. And so there is a component of supporting the economy with these parties yeah. oh, and it sure. isn't such this frivolous sort of expenditure of money because when I tell that to people, they're like, oh, you know what? That's actually true. You're the first person to bring, really? it, bring it up that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm very aware day of, like of all the people, we probably this past weekend, and it wasn't even a large event, I had at least 50 people. At least that's not even including the catering wow. company that came in with their or the army guys of waiters. The trucks that you didn't see. Oh no, I saw them. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I have to direct the trucks. Part with of our job. Yeah. Well, load in and load out. So we get to know all the truck drivers, and some of them we like better than others. But the good news is we do have repeat clients. So after the first time, when we work with them, and they come back a second and they a can third relax time, a little bit. yeah. I mean, they usually, you know, other than the initial getting started moment, they really get with the program after the first one and they become believers and they really trust us. One of my first bar and bat mitzvahs that I did, the first time I worked with Ed Libby and the child now is 27. So what was it? 14 14 years years ago. ago. So that's how long we've been working together. But it was our first event we did together. And now um, and it's at the same venue, actually. This will be their third event with the same team. So they've kept the team together. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. So we've Over 14 all, years. For 14 years. So we're very, you know, so we're all getting a little bit older together, but. No, that's but that's okay. nice. It is nice. So, 
yeah, the clients, you know, trust in the team um, because they've done beautiful parties for them in the past. But so we're doing that wedding and um, another one of my very, very, very first mitzvahs that I ever, ever did. We did that bride this past October and hopefully her sister's going to get engaged soon. So I'll get to work <laughs> with that family again. Oh, another thing you have to do at the wedding, you have to talk to all the bridesmaids. Because at least one of them is going to get engaged any moment, is engaged, or oh, has a friend that's, that's interesting. Yeah, so we're really nice to bridesmaids. And the wedding party. Wow, we spend a lot of time that. with the yeah, wedding yeah, yeah, party. Yeah. yeah, I do Like that you got to, you know, we go, I say, anything I can do to help you? Do you guys need a Well, marriage? I have an excuse because I have to introduce them. Probably one of the more challenging parts of the day is when the wedding party arrives. Remember because, your name. Well, no, that I, <laughs> that I don't even actually attempt to do. Um, but they come in, so they've been dressed really early. They start their hair and makeup really early. They have been out on the streets of New York taking pictures. So they all come in in a huff and a puff. Everybody's hair needs to be redone. Everybody needs their lip gloss. Everybody needs to get their backpack or bags, put it in a way, but they need access to it in case they need to refresh their makeup and in case they want to change their shoes. And this is and all your responsibility. Oh, yeah. The minute they come in, forget the bride. We're yeah. very busy with like the <laughs> wedding party. We got to get them like situated. And then the guys want to be in a place where they can drink. So we're like literally like, pinball machines, like bouncing from, I was like, could I just get the bride in the suite and I'll come back to take care of you. <laughs> Somebody's dress needs to be sewn. Um, you know, luckily for us, we hire bridal dressers, so they help with the bridal party. So not only yeah. do they help with the bride, but they'll fix up um, all of the wedding parties, various incidents. Somebody needs a Band-Aid, they got a blister. And so, yeah, this is probably the most challenging thing. And I always say, we just need a lot of food and beverage for the bridal party. So at a minimum, at least they can eat something and they can have a drink the minute they walk in and that will like calm them down initially. And then we could get to their bags and put everything away and make sure they could get it afterwards. But nobody even realizes uh, what goes into Oh, I know. They just feel like it's, the they, they come there and it's, and they're treated like VIPs, which is yeah. what it should be. So funny as I'm chatting with you and we're bouncing sort of from topic to topic and yeah. sort of organically bouncing from topic to topic because the funny thing about this business is that we could probably all just talk about it all day long. We live and breathe and sort of a big part of my life. I now can proudly say, I don't know how this happened, but every night when I go to bed, I'm productive because my dreams are always about my events of the week. And somehow things get solved by the time I wake up in the morning. I was like, that was easy. That took that out of, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I now am dreaming events every single night. So it's interesting because as I'm sitting here chatting with you and there's nothing rehearsed or sort of pre-discussed between us and right. we are a little bit going from topic to topic, I think part of the reason is there's just so many components of this business that we need to be aware of and need to be educated on and need to be experts in. And there's so many relationships that we have to build that it's a very encompassing business. Everybody knows what the life is like to be in the entertainment design planning industry and everybody knows what it takes and sort of the arduous task of putting together these sensational events that we all are kind of in it together mm -hmm. and there's yeah. kind of no topics like we all want to write that book, right? We all have our own, you know, mine is called The People I Met Along the Way. And if anybody steals it from this podcast, oh, well, <laughs> I didn't do royalty <laughs> on it. But it well, is true. I think true. maybe from you saying it, I think it's officially. Okay, there you go. It's recorded. It's we have recorded. evidence of it. Exactly. But despite all the stress of getting it done, you know, we really do have fun. And it really is a passion. Yeah. And it's a lifestyle. So 
if when you go back and listen to all the things we discussed and we're talking about all the various components and from budget to decor to lighting to brides to bridal shopping, yeah, we sort of bounced all over the topic and we could probably spend the next three hours doing this and Right, exactly. We ha- we'll have to do this again. Yeah, this is so great. Um, I hope when you go put all of this together, we didn't sort of go all over the board, but I think we really touched upon a lot of amazing topics. Yeah. So anyway, I guess... I do have to go to the city. This is great. So tell everybody where we can find you with social media. So I'm really, really, really easy to find. Um, our website is victoriadubin.com. Victoria Dubin Events is our Instagram. And we constantly put Insta stories up, like a lot, uh, lots of daytime setups behind the scenes sharing of our vendor meetings, our venue searches. So lots of information on our stories. You might not see, you know, as much of our parties as you'd like to see, but that's what the website's for. And, um, you know, other than that, ask around. A lot of the vendors know us. So plenty of people will give out our number. And also parties, you know, parties are, just in terms of posting so much about someone else's party, it's someone else's party. No, we don't really do that. You know, know, we kind of do a little bit, but- You want to show off, but, you know- yeah, it's not even that. We, I like, you know what I like to show the most of hmm. that this is approachable and that it's fun. Yeah, and that I'm somebody that can be silly, yeah. and at the same time super serious. Sure. So I like to show sort of a sign of, you know, the face and the personality a little bit behind just the pretty pictures. Because often you look at social media and you could get intimidated if their pictures are so unbelievably perfect and every single picture matches the picture. That's the picture before. I put myself up a lot in um, in my family a little bit because I want people to know who I am Mm -hmm. and sort of get a sense of my style and sort of fashion and, you know, my museum visits and my travels and our company as a whole. We, you know, I, I share all the people that collaborate on our parties as well. So... There's lots of ways to learn about who we are and do your homework before you get in touch with us. And we welcome anybody who wants to just even chat for a little bit. And like I said earlier in the podcast, if we're not the right company for you, we'll be happy to recommend somebody who is. But hopefully we will be. Victoria, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Okay. Vicki Dubin. She's a legend in the industry, and I don't think she disappointed in coming on the podcast. As always, I can be found at DougWintersMusic.com. Check out my band, and maybe we'll play a party for you. On Instagram, you can find me at DougWintersInc. Feel free to reach out and let me know who you'd like to hear on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and spread the word. See you next time.